today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We are kicking, fighting, biting, scratching against what the Lord's doing. And we actually unnecessarily and needlessly prolong the trial we're in. It's like God saying, I'm, I'm doing something, will you just let me do it? You know in school when you would take a test and you would fail that test, did you have to retake that test? I hated that. I had to retake a lot of tests. I don't want to retake this test, so let's get it right the first time. Okay, good. Stay out of my way. I'm doing something in your life. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. We tend to fight against the trials in our life, not wanting any part of them. But Pastor J.D. reminds us today that even though we don't find happiness within our trials, we can still have joy through them. Why? Because we know that God is working in us something wonderful and profound throughout our tribulations. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I can consider it pure joy knowing that God is allowing this trial into my life because He's going to give me the very thing that I'm lacking in order to get through the trial in my life. What are you lacking? Oh, (laughs) patience, (laughs) perseverance, endurance, so that you are mature and lacking nothing. That's why He's allowing it. And if you know that, you can have joy in the midst of that. Oh, so wait a minute. You're allowing this trial in my life so that I can develop patience? Yeah. You forgot? What what did I forget, Lord? No, you go back to your prayer list. Do you remember what you prayed? Don't pray this. If you do pray for patience, just you're going to get it. (laughs) It won't be the way you think. You prayed, you asked me. You prayed for patience. I said, okay. That's what I mean by the angels. They're like in heaven. Don't pray that. Oh, no. We're going to have to work overtime now. But here's what happens on the tail end of that. You get through it, and you look back on it, and you say things like this, I can't believe I made it through that. Well, come on, let's give credit where credit is due. You didn't make it through that. God got you through that. He gave you the patience and the perseverance and the endurance to get through that. Now you're on the other end of that. Have you ever said to yourself this? Man, if I'd have known that God was going to do that, I wouldn't have fought him so hard when he would have allowed that trial into my life. Oh, come on, let's be honest. You're in church. you got to be honest with yourself. We are kicking, fighting, biting, scratching against 
what the Lord's doing, and we actually unnecessarily and needlessly prolong the trial we're in. It's like God saying, I'm, I'm doing something, will you just let me do it? You know, in school, when you would take a test and you would fail that test, did you have to retake that test? I hated that. I had to retake a lot of tests. I don't want to retake this test, so let's get it right the first time. Okay, good. Stay out of my way. I'm doing something in your life. This is a test. This is a trial. And I'm going to get you through it. And you're going to make it through. And what you're going to find in this process, in the midst of the trial, because see, if I took you out of it, I'm robbing you of the very thing that I'm wanting to do because of it. So in and through it, you will, how do I say this? Well, I'll just say it from my own personal experience, through some of the roughest, toughest, hardest times in my life over the years, walking with the Lord. Times where you just, I mean literally, not hyperbole, you're in the fetal position, you can't even pray. You can barely even make a sound. You're just moaning and groaning and pleading with the Lord. And I'll tell you, the Lord meets you there. And He reveals Himself to you there in that place in ways that He could not otherwise reveal Himself. And you taste of the Lord and you see that He is good. And you come through that on the tail end of that. And I mean, it's like, wow, Lord. Had I not gone through that, I would have never seen you do that. Not that I want to go through it again, right? But I would never trade for anything what you did in my life in and through that trial. Unless and until we rest and trust that the Lord is in control of our lives, we will never taste from the cup of true joy in our lives. Third, Jesus, and this is a biggie, has given us an inheritance of salvation. Here again, first read. What the writer of Hebrews says in verses 10 through 14, you can just read over it. Yeah, okay. Praise the Lord. But you'll miss it. You'll miss what's here. This is the supremacy of Jesus Christ, not just here and now, but for all eternity. And check this out. (laughs) Uh, He left me an inheritance. He left you an inheritance too. So while the writer of Hebrews is still speaking about Jesus' superiority over angels, we're told that these angels are merely ministering spirits sent to us and for us. Why? Because Jesus has given us the inheritance of salvation to us, which means angels are never to be worshipped by us. What if I said it like this? Uh, Part of our inheritance are these angels. Do you remember when the Apostle Paul rebuked the Corinthian church? Because they were 
suing each other as brothers, not to sue another Christian. They had these lawsuits against each other. Said, why would you do that? Don't you know that in heaven you're going to be judging over angels? We're over the angels. And I know I got to say this, and I'm sorry that I got to say this, and I mean, I want to be sensitive and as loving as I can, but you know, it's okay. People grieve in different ways, but when somebody dies, they don't become an angel. That would be a demotion. No, we're over the angels. They're part of our inheritance. I wonder how many angels I'm inheriting. (laughs) Again, I feel very sorry for them. I'll apologize to them when I get there. They're part of our inheritance. Not just now, but for all eternity. Here's a question. Hang in there with me. I think we would all do well to consider this as it relates to our inheritance of eternal life. Here's the question. If we have the inheritance of salvation and are trusting the Lord for eternity, wouldn't it stand to reason that we can trust Him now? In other words, if we're trusting the Lord to give us the inheritance of eternal life, shouldn't we even more so be trusting the Lord to give us what we need in this life? The late Larry Burkett, he was the founder of Christian Financial Concepts, and he had many sayings that have stuck with me over the years. But one of his uh, quotes when he would you know, be answering questions related to inheritance and what do you leave, you know, behind for your children. And, you know, what happens is when you leave, you know, an inheritance after you die and then your kids, you know, destroy each other and kill each other and fight and never talk again for the rest of their lives because they're fighting over the inheritance. He had a very interesting and I think wise saying. He said it like this, Do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. I like that. I think that's what Jesus did. He did his giving while he was living so he would be knowing and we would be knowing where we're going. That's our inheritance. Do you realize that we our heirs? <laughs> Just that word alone sounds like, whoa. Do you know who that is? No, who is that? They're an heir <laughs> to a fortune. Wow. <laughs> That's nothing. It's like the question that was asked when this, I want to say it was Rockefeller, one of these rich guys that died. And guy says, how much did he leave? To which the response was, all of it. Yeah, he left all of it. But let's just say that he he left all of it to his son. And you see his son, you go, oh, he's an heir to a massive fortune. You know what I can say? 
That ain't nothing. I'm an heir too. In fact, I'm an heir to a fortune that will last forever. You know how long forever is? I know, again, deeply profound. It's forever and ever, and I'm an heir. Now, shouldn't that be a game changer? Shouldn't that change how we view our lives in this world, knowing, keyword that we're heirs? We're heirs. <laughs> what was that? It's a derogatory, you'll forgive me, but um, there was a, a time not so long ago when, uh, you know, there was much made about the trust funders. Is that what they would call them? They're, oh, they're a trust funder. Ha! you know, rich, spoiled, killed, sp- silver spoon in their mouth. You know, I, I remember one guy saying one time, you know, he pointed somebody out, this is on the mainland, long time ago, not in the ministry, uh, in the business world. He said, you know, this guy had a lot of money. And, and my friend said, yeah, he made it the old-fashioned way. I'm like, well, how? How's that? He said he inherited it. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, and then, what, you know, yeah, us, we're like, spoiled brat. What we're really saying is, we, we wish it was us. That's what we're saying. <laughs> but here's the thing, it is. Infinitely more so. Just knowing that this is our inheritance. I mean, you would think that that would just change everything. Everything that happens when life happens. Yeah. It's all right. Calm down. Simmer down, <laughs> look up. I'm an heir. I have an inheritance paid for for all eternity. First Peter chapter one. I want to read verses three through six. I shared at the update how last week the Lord had me in first and second Peter. I would really encourage you to spend some time in these two letters. I, they, I tell you, I was so greatly blessed and ministered to and encouraged. First and second Peter, just maybe in your own time in the Word, just revisit these two letters. They're so apropos for what we're going through today in this insane, insane world. But listen to what the Apostle Peter says in verse 3, chapter 1 of his first epistle. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And it gets better, verse 4, into an inheritance that can never perish that the IRS can't tax. That's in the JDV. Spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice. Listen now. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Did you catch that? 
I think he and James had lunch, talked about this right there. (laughs) Bear with me. So, okay, Peter. And you got to love Peter, right? I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for Peter. He's earned the right to speak by the Holy Spirit into my life. Because <laughs> it's Peter we're talking about here, right? Now he's telling me that I can greatly rejoice, even though right now I'm having to suffer grief and all kinds of trials and restrictions and orders and mandates, and I'll stop there. How? Oh, because of your inheritance. It's waiting for you. It's waiting for you. Jesus in Matthew 6, by the way, Matthew 6, the greatest investment advice ever recorded in the history of mankind from the Savior Himself. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy, where thief cannot break in and steal. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth, where it can all be gone in an instant. So I've got an inheritance. There's no attorneys involved. No need. There's no probate. Uh, By the way, you're my siblings. We're not going to fight over this either. So that's the inheritance? Okay, that kind of changes the equation here. Hmm. So that kind of settles me a little bit, actually a lot. Really calms me down, settles my heart, because I have this inheritance. Yeah, it's getting pretty rough. Trials getting pretty difficult. Life's getting pretty hard. Persecution's getting worse. But I can still greatly rejoice. I like this word little in this context, a little while. The implication being that it's only a little while. Again, I know deeply profound, but in the light of eternity, this is nothing. This is nothing compared to all eternity. I'm good now. See, here's the thing. When we have eternal life, as our inheritance to look forward to, it makes whatever we're going through so much easier to get through. Because I am an heir. (laughs) Do you know who my father is? Do you know who my God is? Let me tell you who my God is. Actually, I'm going to let the Apostle Paul tell you in chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. This is a rhetorical question, actually two. Paul asks by the Spirit, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, and He is, who can be against us? And then verse 32, and I would encourage you to reacquaint yourself with verse 32 in Romans 8. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? That's who my father is. He loves me so much. 
that He sent His only begotten Son to die for me instead of me. That's how much He loves me. And if I would but believe in Him, I would not perish in hell for all eternity, but I would have everlasting life as my inheritance. That's not all. You know what else? If my Father in heaven, my loving heavenly Father, was willing to do this for me, is there anything that He would be unwilling to do? No, think about it. He was unwilling to withhold His only begotten Son because He loved us so much. Now if He's willing to give you His Son, I'm not willing to give you my Son. I'm just saying, I love you. I don't love you that much. I love my Son. I love you too, but you know, (laughs) not that much. But God loved us so much that He gave us His only begotten Son. See, I have two sons. I mean, theoretically, I could give you one and still have a son. I know that's, uh, again, forgive me, but His only begotten Son, if He's willing to give you His only begotten Son, is there anything that He would not be willing to do for you? I mean, come on. You're trusting God, when that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first, that we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up, raptured. We're trusting God for that, and we can't trust God for this month's rent. Does that make sense? I don't mean to sound snarky when I say it. I'm saying it to myself. I find myself doing this all the time. I'm like, Lord, calm down. You're trusting me to rapture. You preach it every week, pastor. I hate it when... You know, you guys get the, and you call yourself a Christian. It's worse for me. And you call yourself a pastor? Ah. Again, enough of my problems. You preach it every week. You're trusting me to do this, and you can't trust me for this? Really? What? A, how does that make any sense at all? You're an heir I love you so much. I gave you everything. And it cost me everything for you. Can you imagine? And I'll end with this. And I probably shouldn't end with this. I should probably end on a different note. But could you imagine God saying, okay, I did my part. I gave you my only begotten son died for you, paid him full for your sins, buried, rose again, coming back again one day. Now, you're on your own, kid. I am? (laughs) No, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. I know you do. And here's the thing, son, daughter, I have a lot invested in you. No, think about that. I have a lot invested in you. I paid a lot for you. You are not your own. You are purchased with a I have, I have interest in this investment. I got, I got this. No problem. Don't worry. Calm down and look up because your redemption draws nigh. 
We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout much of this book, Jesus is mentioned as the great high priest. Aren't you glad that you can go directly to him with your troubles? There's no need for an intermediary person to bridge the gap. Jesus became that bridge when he died on the cross. If you'd like to know or understand more about this concept, we encourage you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com and look for the resources tab. Under that, there's a link to the ABCs of salvation. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and saves you from a life and eternity without him. Hebrews simply touches on the fact that Jesus fulfilled all the things that were promised in the Old Testament. It's like when you're reading a spy novel and you're given clues earlier on, but then it all makes sense in the end. Would you like to connect with others in their faith walk? If you're not currently part of a church, join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30, 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you might be interested in some additional teachings by Pastor J.D., including his Mideast Prophecy Updates. This is an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this current time in the world's history. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition as we learn more valuable things from the book of Hebrews, right here on In Spirit and Truth. To